Welcome to Understandable Solutions, the podcast where we discuss business and current events, those important issues that impact our world. Our goal is that you walk away with at least one nugget of useful and thought-provoking information to make your day. Here's your host, Jeff Newkirk. Hey, on the Understandable Solutions podcast today, I have another awesome, awesome guest, Elizabeth Griever. Elizabeth, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. It is such a great honor to be here with you today. Well, thank you. So what's so fantastic about Elizabeth, other than many things, she is a once teacher turned entrepreneur. Now, that's interesting to me because I live with a teacher (laughs) and it's uh, sort of a... um, she keeps him in my place. Mm-hmm. Let's just put it that way. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit about your background and how you got to where you are today. Man. Well, um, and, I, and I'm most intrigued with the part where you say you met your husband, Andy, who's a great guy. Love he's Andy. The best. Uh, on a flight back <laughs> home from Houston to Charlotte. So we got to hear about that. I did. I did. Okay. Well, um, I'm going to do the best I can to summarize my very long story because it starts in 2008, if that's where you want to go. Um, The floor is yours. All right. So I graduated from Appalachian State University in 2008. I'm very proud of that. We beat Michigan in football. So um, go App State. Um, We were a 1AA school. We played Michigan for the Labor Day weekend game, and uh, we were on the cover of Sports Illustrated for that. So I um, I was there then. That's our claim to fame. I, I remember um, that. That was yes. a huge, huge upset. It was huge. So I like to joke with Andy, who's a big Iowa fan, that because we beat Michigan and Michigan's beat Iowa, then by proxy, Appalachian State has also beaten Iowa. He's not really in for that. I but um, agree with that. <laughs> yeah. Being a Hawkeye fan myself, that's, that's, I understand where you're going. Okay. Anyways. So when I was I was in school, I studied child development, and I thought I was going to work in the hospitals with children doing, like, play therapy and psychosocial therapy before they were, like, going to do a surgery and things like that to help them understand what they were going through. And I did two summers of an internship, and um, the truth is, by the second summer, I was watching a five-year-old die of cancer, and I was going home oh. every single day crying, and I knew I could never separate myself. I just knew. and And the people... That work imagine. in those situations are unbelievably strong and, and, and meant for it, right? Like, it just wasn't meant for me. But where it did leave me was I graduated from college and I had absolutely no idea what I was going to do. Okay. And so I stayed in Boone. I had two jobs while I was in school. I kept well, working those minute, two jobs. Boone. Boone, North Carolina. Okay. Right. And um, I was working two jobs, but my dad owns a manufacturing company in Asheville, North Carolina. That's where I grew up. Beautiful part. Beautiful. It's so pretty there. It's very, very pretty. Um, You spent any time at the Biltmore? Oh, yeah. We were actually just there. We went back to visit my parents a couple weeks ago, and that was Andy's first time. Andy's been coming to visit us for 12 years and has never been to the Biltmore, and we went. Yeah. It was wonderful. It's really cool. I'm figuring out how I could build one of those for myself. Um, (laughs) Well, let me know what you do. (laughs) You could live there. I've got plenty of room. Awesome. (laughs) I'll just build a house for everybody that we all hang out with. Fantastic. Um, Anyways, my dad uh, owns a company there, and as a kid, I always worked for him. I've put thermometers together and done all kinds of random things. And so since I didn't know what I was going to do with my life, I figured, well, let me ask him, like, what does he actually do, right? As the owner of this company, what do you do? And so he invited me to start coming on um, trips with him and his sales guys, and we came out to Houston for a trade show. And so it was at NRG. We were out here for a week. I hated it. It was raining. The fears made no sense to me. Like, it was 
But I loved being at the trade show and I loved meeting all these people and learning all the stuff that was out there in the world. Nonetheless, on the way home. So, well, what was it that you didn't like so much? The rain. All the it was raining a lot for the whole week, and then the feeders, so, the feeder roads. So, were you in here and uh, here as in Houston in March, April? Uh, it was October. October. So yeah, not even the rainy season. It was very rainy. I don't know. Although, when it decides to rain here, it's it pretty means brutal. Business. Oh yeah, there's no joking about the rain. Yeah. Anyways, so on the flight back to North Carolina, we flew from. Houston to Chicago to Charlotte. And on the flight from Houston to Chicago, my dad is sitting in the aisle seat. I'm sitting in the center, and on comes Andy. And so I'm, like, trying not to be a stalker watching this gorgeous guy get on this airplane. (laughs) And I'm sitting next to my dad. It's like, what am I going to do? And he comes and sits next to me. And I was like, what is going on? Anyways, we did not talk the whole flight. Um, But then... Total silence? Well, he was sleeping. Um, and, uh, but then at one point, like the sun was rising out the window. And so I get my digital camera out. Cause that's when those were a thing. And I go <laughs> to take a picture of the sunrise and it like beeps and it woke him up. <laughs> he, thought, he thought that you were taking a picture of him. And I said to him, I promise I was not taking a picture of you. Which meant that you were. <laughs> I wasn't, I swear. <laughs> I was taking a picture of the sunrise, but it was a great opener. Um, and so, anyways, we ended up talking. He had just graduated from the University of Iowa and moved to Houston to teach and coach. His dream job was to go back to Iowa and be a head football coach. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, way longer like after Fry Kirk Ferentz. Kirk yeah, Ferentz. he would have loved to have worked for Kirk Ferentz, right? All the things. Um, anyways, and he was going back to Iowa for a football game. And so that's why he was on the flight that day. And um, it was right when Facebook Messenger started. So we, you know, stayed connected that way. And about... Four or five months later, he ended up coming back to North so Carolina. You say that's so nonchalant. Like, we just stayed connected through <laughs> Facebook. I mean, there <laughs> had to have been something from, I was not taking your picture, to okay. Facebook message. All right, all right. <laughs> so so we talked on the plane. We we realized we both had just graduated. Um, his family was from, or he grew up in North Carolina also. So we had that in common. And so we ended up talking the entire way through the Chicago airport to our connecting flights. Um, And if you can imagine, Andy and I walking next to each other talking, and my dad, like, 50 feet ahead of us, just, like, turning around, turning around. Oh, yeah. He was cool. He played it cool. I was very impressed. Um, But he was turning around just watching us, you know, the whole time. And I was just following him because, (laughs) yeah, I didn't know where I was going. I was a little distracted. Yeah, I was going to say, plus you weren't paying attention. Oh, not at all. And if you ask Andy now, I'm still that way in the airport. He always jokes, like, he doesn't know how I travel by myself because when I'm with him, I'm just like, whatever, just going to (laughs) follow you around. (laughs) Um, Anyways, so we get to, I guess his gate was before mine. And, um, yeah. And so I don't remember exactly how that conversation went, but we ended up deciding to exchange full names to find each other on Facebook instead of exchanging phone numbers. I guess the Facebook maybe felt okay. a little, I don't know. To Safe, be to give you some context, or? Facebook started when we were in college. So it was a little bit more of like a normal thing. To be like, yeah. let me find you there. Anyways, and so we friended each other and we started like messaging on Facebook. Yeah. Um, and we did that for months. And he was a teacher and I was, you know, doing all this education stuff. So we talked a lot about education and kids and whatever. Um, and then that kind of kept progressing over the months. And um, he ended up coming back to North Carolina in March. So this was in October. So that following March, he came back 
and um, we saw each other and we kind of like knew. Like I ended yeah. up meeting his entire family um, very, very quickly. Well, his, I always so gloss over this because I don't want to. You met him one time in person. In person. But then you, you know, messaged and. Yeah, messaged talked, and then turned then to texting. met his entire family the second time you saw him yeah. in person. <laughs> That sounds so ridiculous, right? All right, well, let me give you more icing on the cake. So, yes, the second time I met him, um, I did meet his whole family. Unfortunately, his stepdad, who was really his dad, was sick and had passed away. And so that's why the whole family was there, and that's why he came to North Carolina. So he calls me, and he says, hey, I'm going to be in Raleigh. It's not really for good circumstances, but I'd love to see you. Um, So that was the first time. I'm sorry, his dad hadn't passed away yet. That was the first time he came home. And so I had friends in Raleigh, so I was like, okay, so I'll go see this guy. And, um, you know, at that point, like, we weren't trying to date necessarily, but we had been talking a lot. And um, anyways, so I went to Raleigh, and we saw each other. I picked him up from the hospital. Like, we went to go get coffee. Coffee turned into, like, walking on Duke University campus and, like, all the things. And I dropped him off, like, I don't know, six hours later with a plate of brownies because my love language is gifts and so how do you help somebody whose dad's not doing well right so i gave him brownies right (laughs) so he goes back into the hospital and um you know his his mom and dad knew like where he was and uh, they were asking him all kinds of questions and he wouldn't tell them anything like he they wouldn't he wouldn't tell them my name or anything but he's like but she sent brownies and so i was brownie girl and that's how they (laughs) referred to me (laughs) So about 10 days brownie later, so do, are you still called Brownie Girl? I'm still called Brownie Girl. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was referred to as Airplane Boy. That's how my parents <laughs> knew him. Um, and so I guess it was, I don't even remember every all the details now, but uh, he ended up coming to Boone to visit me for like two days while he was here because he had been in North Carolina for like a week. And he came to see me for a couple of days. Then he came back to Texas and then his dad passed away. So he came back and I'm sorry. So that was the third time I saw. Excuse me, the third time I saw him, I met his entire family. Yeah. So I show up at his house. Yeah, game. very early. Um, but it was that weekend that we decided that we were gonna do this dating thing, which was wild. I mean, wow. we were not we were not planning that, you know. But we just yeah. knew we were connected, and we. Well, that's when it happens the best, right? Yeah. It's not planned. It just mm-hmm. just happens, mm-hmm. you know. And I, I know Andy. He is a great guy. He's a great guy. Yeah. You know what's interesting though? I think that looking back, it taught me what it, what it feels like for me when I just know, mm-hmm. and that feeling has guided me and made all these other jumps and all these other yeah. wild things I've done. Yeah, go with your not gut. wild, but whatever. I don't live this no, crazy life, but just scary things yeah. I've done has been from checking my gut right. and intuition anyways, is important. It is important, right? And, and I know from my personal experience uh, and in business, if I don't follow that intuition, more times than not, it's wrong. Yep. So, 100%. Yeah. Well, let's transition a little bit. Uh, what got you to change from education to what you're doing now, a very successful entrepreneur? Thank you. Well, so I moved here um, in 2010. To Houston. To Houston. I'm sorry. And um, I was I, I got into graduate school at Texas A&M to study special ed, and I got it. Now, for the listeners, not everybody knows Texas A&M, but when he, in Texas, when you hear Texas A&M, <laughs> what are you supposed to do? Whoop. There you go. 
Yep. So I, I'm obviously did not go to undergrad there because I'm not in green to do that. But you are right. Uh, whoop. Yep. And I've uh, learned. I've learned. Yes. And so um, I was in a, like an online grad school there, and I started teaching because um, I did move here for Andy, but not without my own thing because we were still dating at the time. And so that's what brought me here. But I'm so grateful because it's amazing. This is an amazing place to be. It really um, is. But I was a special ed teacher for six years, and I remember feeling kind of like, is this really for me, like around year three-ish? And so I was teaching life skills, which is like the severely um, special needs children. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I transitioned from that to resource. And so I was more like in the general education um, classrooms doing support. And then I had my own like resource math classrooms. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. And then that still wasn't really a fit. So I ended up going to the um, fifth and sixth grade campus in in the same feeder and I was like, oh, okay, this is this is perfect. Maybe I just need a different age or a different school or mm-hmm. something. But then by that sixth year, I will admit, I mean, I was miserable. Yeah. I hated what I was doing. I loved the kids. I loved the kids, and we had fun in class. And, like, I was very, like, okay, we're going to do this kind of activity. And then we're going to do, you know, we were very, it was a yeah. very, like, dynamic well, you, you have the right room. energy and attitude to be a really successful, good teacher. Thank you. I, and I and I do feel like I was. I, sure my kids were. made a lot of pro- I mean, I, like, I don't say this very often, but I <laughs> taught my life skills kids to read. Like, come on, right? Like, we, I mean, you know, so I know that's, that that's I. That's a big, big deal. <laughs> I know that I, I was doing good by these students. Um but I just was not fulfilled and I did not enjoy um, the bureaucracy behind it all. Um, I did not enjoy um, some of the things that I personally view as not best for the students that come with the special education world. Um, And I just couldn't be in it anymore because I was participating in things. Nobody nobody was harming anybody, but I was participating in things that I did not agree with, like in my core and I could not keep going. So if Elizabeth Griever had her own school, it'd be a totally different story. It would be a totally different story. Yeah. We'd be feeding these children actual food. Um, we'd be having a heck of a lot more recess and art and music and mm-hmm. things that help them express themselves, help them get energy out. Yeah. Um, I help think it's, them develop who they are as, mm-hmm. as people. I think it's completely ridiculous that these fifth and sixth graders are expected to be in a math class for an hour and 20 minutes. Like, I'm bored, you know? <laughs> like, no. Um, well, it's, is math your favorite subject? Oh, yeah, I love math. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, right. Much better at that than language arts. Like, I can't, ugh. No. Uh, math <laughs> has always been a thing for me. Uh, yeah. Anyways, and so I just, I was not happy, and so I was looking for something else. But it was really interesting because I was applying for like administrative assistant jobs. I'm like, I will start somewhere. I'll prove myself. But let me, you know, I'll start somewhere. Mm-hmm. But um, nobody, nobody validated any of my experience as being able to be transferable to an administrative assistant. I'm just a teacher. Really? Well, you've never been an, assist- an administrative assistant before. What experience do you have with that? And I wish I could have like, you know, you're doing you're you're doing everything via email and. Um, uh, like websites and stuff, but I wish that I could have been like trade trade places with me for one right. day yeah. and see who like makes it out alive, right? right. Like, 
but it, you know, it just kind of proved to me that I was going to have a little bit more of an uphill battle transitioning yeah. out, which was fine. But yeah, it seems like you were ready for it. Though. I was so ready. I was yeah. so ready. And I knew I didn't want to quit in the middle of the year because I've seen it happen before and it totally messes with those kids. And I didn't want to yeah. do that, but I also didn't want to go back and be miserable because at some point, like I was not going to be doing right by them. And yeah. I knew I was at my line yeah. and, um, that's takes not a okay. big person to to realize that. Well, I appreciate that. I I just didn't. I wanted to do the right thing for them and for me, and um, it really was an aligning of the stars, though, because I when we bought our house, I wanted an old ugly house to fix up. I did not want a new perfectly renovated house. My realtor thought I was crazy, but that's what I wanted. <laughs> and I told Andy, I said, when we what moved, did Andy say? Well. <laughs> oh man, that's a whole other story. But when we, I told him, I said, whenever we move out of this house, it'll be a rental. It'll be our first rental property. And then, you know, we'll just keep doing that. We'll just buy a bigger house and then make it a rental and then move somewhere else and make it, you know, whatever. But that's also when I thought you had to have 20% down every single time you do a transaction and all mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. And when we renovated our kitchen, I knew what I liked, but I didn't know how to make it a thing. And so um, I knew a designer from some volunteering I had done, and she came over to help. And I told her exactly what I told you. I want this to be a rental property whenever we move. And she said, well, you got to read Rich Dad, Poor Dad by, by Robert oh, Kiyosaki. Yeah, good book. Very good book. Very and book. so I was like, okay. So I ordered it, rented it, and I was like, I don't know what's happening, but I got to figure it out. And so then every – so that was Everybody in October. Should Everybody should read that book. It's not just a real estate thing. Um, and so then every day at lunch – after that, because I was in October of 15 and every day at lunch after that, I was Googling and watching YouTube videos and reading articles and anything I could get my hands on to be like, what in the world are these people doing? And, uh, in May of 2016, Andy and I went to like a weekend real estate class and, you know, they try and sell you the $50,000 mentorship program, which we avoided like the plague, Good but we sat there, both of us, all weekend with notebooks and took as many notes as we could and gleaned as much information as we could because I sure as hell know how to Google some things. Yep. And so when school got out that summer of 16, um, I was like, I knew I needed to go find like a CPA and an attorney and, a, you know, realtors and all this stuff to like start doing this, this business of getting into real estate investing. And so I had four friends that were in BNI's and I went to go visit. Business networking international. Yes. I went to go visit all those groups and it just, you know, from that group, it just spirals and come to this yeah. one, come to this one. And this is an incredible community to start networking in. Yeah. There is more than enough places to go. And that's what I did. And so every day I'd come home and I'd be like, oh my gosh, I love this so much. I want to quit my job. I want to quit my job. And, you know, it was safe in the summertime. I still have my paycheck, right? You get paid right. through August. The and thing about B&I, it's, it's, it's great to network and meet a lot of people, but you don't necessarily get paid for it no. directly. No, no. You've still got to make it happen. That's exactly right. Yes. So, well, and that's right. And so I'm making no money going out here and doing all this, but I'm meeting all kinds of people. Mm -hmm. And every single day I'd come home and tell Andy how much I loved what I was doing, and I did not want to go back to teaching. And every single day – that classroom got more and more like a dungeon to me and I just could not, I could not do it. Yeah. Well, one day I came home and I said, Hey, um, you know, I, I really want to quit my job. And he looked at me and goes, okay. And I was like, what 
the heck just happened? Are you serious? Were you, were you expecting him to say no? Elizabeth? Well, yeah. I mean, that every day, every day the conversation was the same. And he would always be like, I know you do. I want you to, too. But, oh, my gosh. I mean, because he had just trans out of, transitioned we, out we of teaching himself. Yes. Blah, blah, blah. We yeah. weren't exactly, like, pulling in all kinds of dollars here. <laughs> and so, um, you know, there was some nervousness to that. Um but then he told me, okay. And I was like, what in the world? So for the next two weeks, I kind of felt some sort of like freedom. Not that he like was holding me back in any way, but, no, 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 but just to like, be able to uh, make my own decision at that, that point. Was off yes, shoulders. that's right. Exactly. And um, so I decided that I was going to quit my job and I emailed my principal and I said, hey, I really want to meet with you. And uh, so I met with her one Tuesday and I'll never forget on that Monday night, I asked him again. And he and he kind of re retracted a little bit and was like, "Well, wait, hold on, don't do it, you know." And I didn't tell, I didn't tell. Oh, because I'm so sorry. So when he told me, "Okay, fine, quit," he said, "Don't tell me when you do it. I'll figure it out when you don't go back to school." Because, like we were talking about before we got on the air, he was gonna worry, and so he didn't want to worry. He just he figured out when I didn't go back to school, and we do not make decisions that way. Yeah. However. Again, it gave me kind of that, oh, now this is my thing. Now I get to make this decision. Yeah. I don't have to answer it to anybody. And at the time, I mean, I didn't tell my parents what I was doing. I didn't tell my, the only people that knew what I was doing that I was close with were the ones that I was at those networking groups with. Right. And, um, and they just <laughs> met you, right? I mean, so they didn't know all about your past and right. you know what you're doing. They just knew that here's, here's Elizabeth. This is what she wants to do. And let's see if we can help her out. That's exactly right. And so I just, but, but I, the reason I didn't tell like my, my parents and everybody is because I couldn't handle the naysayers. I couldn't handle oh, the people man, saying, such a good point. no, you can't do this. No, this isn't going to work. Well, how are you going to make any money? Nothing. Like I, I knew I couldn't handle that. And so I didn't tell them. And, and I know that their concern would have only been about just, their, you know, just concern, not because they didn't think I could, yeah. couldn't do it, but just, it's, you know, That's it's such parental. a good point. Good, that's such a good point. Throughout mm -hmm. our lives, not just mm -hmm. careers, lives, how many times do people say, oh, I don't know that you should do that. Oh, Shoot, I've been time. told that. I can't tell you how many times. Yeah. You know, I, I started my own business in 2019. I wanted to start my own business a long, long time before that. Yep. But, you know, I was like, oh, man, I don't, Jeff, I don't think you should do that. You got a family and like, ugh. And it is so not our job to to crush people's dream like that. Yeah, you know, absolutely. like what what is what's it to you? So good for you for rising above that and you know ignoring it. I appreciate that it was very difficult to do. It is, um, but I will say Especially it was when you're a people pleaser. Very much so, people pleaser. Um, it was liberating though because they came to visit me for my birthday, which is in August, and it was right before school was supposed to go back, and I quit in July. Um, so I quit my job in July. Um, I did go meet with my principal that day. I cried the entire way to school. I called my one friend who knew knew what I was doing and knew that I planned to quit. Um, and I told her, and I'm crying the whole way. And because she's like, you were I was you so were scared. scared yeah. I was so scared. Because you were afraid of doing the wrong thing? I was afraid or? of everything. I was yeah. afraid of doing the wrong thing. I was afraid of leaving the safe job. I was afraid of... Letting Andy down. I was afraid of failing. That I was stupid fear, man. I was afraid of all of it. Yes. And and I, I almost didn't go. I, I mean, like, I was shaking my entire body been, all day. Time, it would have been a whole lot easier to just say, 
you know what? I think I'll just stick with this. Yes. It's all good. Yes. Okay. It would have been way easier and way more comfortable. No matter how miserable I was at school, it would have been more comfortable to be there than to yep. quit yep. all day. Um, and I will never forget her, you know, just telling me, no, you got to keep going. You're going to be great at this. Like you need to go quit, go quit your job. Follow your heart. And, and I'm so grateful for that because I, you know, I, I, I wasn't telling Andy, right? Because he told me not to. Yeah. And um, that I... Was a, that was a good friend. It was a great friend. Very grateful for that. Um, and I went and told my principal, you know, what I was doing. And I cried to her, too. And she was so sweet and very supportive and good for you. You know, like, whatever. But then it was funny because it was kind of late in July. I couldn't quit uh, after the period when you're really supposed to quit. Yeah. And um, was she was like... Ask you, you know, but... <laughs> Yeah, it was a little late. <laughs> so she um she asked me to sign my paperwork like on like get online like log yeah. in and and sign my paperwork that I was quitting in her office, and so I left, and there was no turning back. Yeah, you were, that was it. But I, again, I'm so grateful for that because I probably would have right. I probably would have gotten home and I would have ended up telling Andy and crying to him, yeah. and I would have called her up and been like, "Just kidding, I'm coming back." Right. And um, so I'm so grateful for that. And what was neat was when my parents came to visit before school was supposed to go back, my dad was like, we're at lunch. My dad's like, okay, so when do you go back to school? And I was like, I'm not. And he was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, no, what? I'm not going back to school. And I told him what we were doing. And um, the week that they were there visiting or here visiting, um, I closed my first real estate deal. And awesome. so it was a pretty neat, like, validating moment. And I was like... So, yeah, this is what I'm doing. So, this is what happened. This is what happened. So, uh, tell us now about your business and exactly what, what does your business do? Name so, is Everson Cooper. Name is Everson Cooper. Ever is the last part of Griever, which is our married name. San is the first part of Santangelo, which is my maiden name. Mm -hmm. And Cooper was our 15-year-old chocolate lab. Yeah. Um, he passed away in 2020, but we love that dog so much. And um, he kept us going. So, he gets namesake in the company. And if you notice the full name. He didn't get, you know, Coop or something. He got no, the no. full Cooper. He got the whole deal. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so. And he lived 15? He lived 15 years. Wow. Yeah. He was an awesome dog. Came with us all over the place. I mean, like, he was the best. Um. Anyway, so Everson Cooper, my husband and I own it, but it's my full-time job. So Andy's got a sales job that he does that he loves, and we're grateful for that, and I'm mm -hmm. happy for him. And, and as long as he's happy, I'm happy, right? So, um. This is my all day, every day. And we work with homeowners that need to sell their distressed houses as is. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, all kinds of things happen in life that mean that we have to make choices. And sometimes those choices are to not fix the things, do the renovations, you know, fix the leak, fix the roof, fix whatever. Right. And it gets to a point where it's overwhelming. And I am a big believer that we all deserve safe places to live. And I don't just mean like physically safe from like crime or something, but also emotionally safe. Mm -hmm. And um, if you talk to anybody out there that like does organizing like Marie Kondo or any of the people that, that, that do health, house decluttering, they always talk about the stress that, that all that stuff causes. And it's the same mm -hmm. thing when you've got issues in your house, your pipes are leaking or your stove yeah. doesn't work or whatever. Right. It's that same type of stress that, you don't necessarily think about it all the time, but you feel it and it's a weight on you. And people don't deserve that. Agreed. And um, yeah. anyways, and so um, we are a resource for them. So if they want to sell their house as is, um, we will make them an offer in the exact condition it's in. Um, we don't ask, we don't do any inspections. Like I do go walk the house right before I make an offer, but mm -hmm. 
we're not doing any formal inspections to then come back and renegotiate. Um, you know, and we'll close on a timeline that works for them. So sometimes that's really quick and we're closing in two weeks and sometimes they need a little bit of time because maybe they're building somewhere else or they're moving in with family or out of state or whatever. And maybe they need two months mm-hmm. and we can do that too. Um, so does that house then become uh, a rental or you, you you immediately start renovating or what, what happens? So we do one of three things. We've got um, investors that we work with. So sometimes we're just functioning as acquisitions for them. Um, we buy, fix up and rent. So we've got 11 rental properties now, Mm -hmm. um, and then we buy, fix, up, and sell. So it just kind of depends on the numbers and the situation and the location and all the things um, for regards to what we're going to do with it, but it doesn't really impact the seller in regards to that. But that's kind of our turnaround, what we do. Cool. So do you think that that kind of business is perfectly suited for this area, this area meaning the north side of Houston, which is so uh, business-friendly and growing economically? I do. I, I mean, we've been very successful and I mean, we're extremely small business here, but uh, for a couple of reasons. One, yeah, um, you've been in now how, how long? Five and a half years. See, that's awesome. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of older neighborhoods around here, which is perfect for what we're looking for in regards to just like the, the mm-hmm. metrics of what what we need. Um, but then being in this community, I always say, Oh, I didn't say that inspired leaders today. I always say we live in the best community to build a business and a life for yourself and your family. And it's so true because the people here want you to be successful. They want to help you. They want to connect you. And I'm telling you that that is why like that, that was so much of my strength in being able to leave education and do this because people want to, help you and be involved and see you be, be successful yeah. and be supportive. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and I swear nobody around here is going to let you fail, you know, like and short of you not telling somebody that you're struggling. If you tell somebody, they're not going to let you fail. So you mentioned inspired leaders, mm-hmm. which is another thing that you have founded. Mm-hmm. Right? So, and you're involved in a lot in the community and I applaud you for all of your efforts to make Thank this an even better place. So tell us about inspired leaders. Man, so we started Inspired Leaders almost five years ago. I mean, wait, five years, four years, excuse me, four years ago. And um, it didn't start as what it is now, but man, it has taken on a life of its own. So it's a monthly event, um, second Friday of every month we meet and we bring in local leaders from the community and we ask them to share their stories. Um, we want them to share their stories of success, right? We, we've invited them to speak because they're successful. Um, but we also ask them to share their stories of grit and perseverance. And so it's not like a sales pitch. It's not a sales pitch. It's not a, um, rah, rah type of event. It's not, I mean, you will get motivated there, but it's not a motivational type of event. It is a, I'm going to tell you about the junk that I have gone through Mm -hmm. And how I've navigated that, what I've learned from that, how I've turned that into my business or how I've turned that into, you know, how I'm helping people or whatever. And it's really incredible. Um, We've had people share unbelievable stories of vulnerability and. um, Well, you put yourself out there, right? uh, Yeah. You can. You can. can. Yeah. And it's hard. And I was kind of speaking for myself. I was going to say, I was just going to say. So if anybody wants to see Jeff, um, Jeff spoke last fall and um, it's on our website at inspiredleaders.org. You can go watch him. Um, But you did amazing. I wouldn't have done it without uh, knowing that your your support was there. Well, I appreciate that. It was a hard thing to do. 
And you did it very beautifully and gracefully, and you shared a lot. And and it takes a lot of bravery to share that. But I think it's so important for people to know that, you know, because you look at you and you're like, wow, he's so successful. Look at all these things that he's doing. You would have never, ever, ever dreamed some of the stuff that you experienced that you shared with us. And it's not fair that people don't know that because then then I'm comparing myself to you. And I think, oh, well, I'm going through this junk right now yeah. he's never been through that right but it's not true we all have that we stuff. all have that stuff There's, and i think it's so important to share it yeah, hopefully not to the same degree as some but you know we all have right. stuff in the past and it's good to hear you know successful people or people that are in our community that you know have gained the respect that they deserve that they have stuff mm-hmm. they've worked through it mm-hmm. and it's okay and it's okay and and I mean, I'll be honest with you, like there have been times, even very recently, when I just want to throw in the towel. I'm done. I don't want to do it. I can't. I can't do this. I can't run this business. I'm not good at this. I mean, all the terrible things I could possibly tell myself, right? It sounds and, like uh, some of those same feelings that came around when you were thinking about quitting teaching. Mm-hmm. And But a different kind of quit, right? Because when I was yeah. quitting teaching, I was quitting in pursuit of something. This would be quitting in avoidance yeah. of something. And, and and after I said the word quit, I thought, well, that's not the right word. It's but, you changed, right? And but it's it's always been nice to be able to be like, you know what, though, like Jeff or somebody at Inspired Leaders spoke about, like they've been through this too. And so the whole point of Inspired Leaders is to know that we're not alone, and that goes for me too. And I have to remind myself of that too. I am not just because I put on this beautiful vent does not mean that I'm immune to the same feelings that I'm telling other people that I know yeah. that they feel because I feel them. Yeah. And, um, well, anyways, I, so that's it, what we it do. is awesome. It, Thank it's you. an awesome event. And to see the growth that has taken place in, in people that are attending just over the last couple of years. Yeah. Pretty incredible. It's really cool. I'm so grateful. And like I said, it has taken on a life of its own and really I am just has. doing everything I can to keep it going. You know, people see it and they're like, what is this? And then they come and it's like magic. And they're yeah. like, I got to be a part of this. And yeah. like, whoa, I, this is really something. And I tell people all the time, like I try so hard to explain it. We try to explain it on social media and all the things to get people to come. You, it, you can't until you come. Yeah. It's one of those things you have to just experience it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what else in the community are you involved with? So I'm on the board, the board for the Vell Institute, Veterans, Entrepreneurs, and Leaders. And so I'm um, pretty passionate about veterans. So tell us about that. Yeah. So it's a really neat, it's a really unique um, veterans organization because they are all about developing vets. So helping them coming from military life to civilian life and making that transition, but doing that personal and professional work. And um it's not. It's not an easy transition to make, it's, and no, it's um, not. And that's another another thing. You have to experience it. Yeah, yeah. You, you. I mean, we don't know. We right. Don't know. Right. And the truth is, we can hear somebody talk about it, but we can, we were not in their shoes. Right. You're not. You're not. And so I, I really appreciate that. Vel goes about the personal and professional yeah. development aspect of the vet. Mm-hmm. Um. Of course, partners a lot with the, you know, like the TBI type organizations and things like that and the job placement um, veteran organizations and all that kind of stuff because it all goes together. Mm -hmm. Um, But they're, you know, we, I guess I shouldn't say they, we are very passionate about um, educating veterans. Um, But there's also that entrepreneurs and leaders aspect to it. So these courses and these classes that 
we put on or the keynotes or the um, lunch and learns and things like that are for everybody. Yeah. And the whole point is to bring bring people together that probably wouldn't normally run in the same circles together and get them to interact and get them to right. be immersed in the community. Because like I said, this is the best community to build a business and a life for yourself and your family. And that is true for everybody if you can get plugged in. And, and by the way, you are not giving a commercial for the Chamber of Commerce. I mean, you really believe that. No, I, no, I am actually not even a member of the Chamber of Commerce. I love this community yeah. so much. I do too. I, I couldn't agree more. So tell us about some of the, I guess, greatest experiences that you've had as an entrepreneur. And then we'll get into some of the more challenging ones. But what, what is the, like, the one, that, the one experience that you look back on and say, okay, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. Man. Well, I guess I could say um, a, a, a couple. So um, there have been some families that we've worked with that really open up to me, right? Like they tell me a lot of things and um, they share they share a lot of their story and a lot of their struggle. And to, that's amazing. It I mean, is so amazing. We're not just talking about a, a real estate transaction. Right. It's about the relationship that you've developed with that right. homeowner. A hundred percent. And we want, and we tell people all the time, like, I want, I want you to find the right solution, even if it's not us, right? Like, even if we can't make the offer that you need or whatever it is, like, yeah. okay, well, how can I help you find the right person that's going to do that? Um, but the... That's the, the sign of a strong leader, by the way. Thank you. Um, the gratitude that, that this one family that's in my brain expressed to me um, was, uh, it's stuff like that that just keeps me going, right? Like, yeah. like, because it was more than just selling their house to us. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and it was funny after she expressed all this to me and was just telling me how thankful she is and all the things I, I wanted to tell her back and, and, and did, you know, when people say yes to me, it impacts my family too, you know? So I know and I'm honored that I get to help you out of these tough spots and I get to, you know, help you move forward from this burdensome piece of property. But when you tell me yes, you're impacting me, you're impacting my husband, you're impacting, you know, everything about, everything my, life. about yeah. my life. Yeah. And I am so grateful right back at you. And I, I I feel like she, and so ever since then now, I like tell, I mean, I tell people that like, you know, thank you for thanking me, but. I th thank you too because right. you are you are impacting my life, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I just think that's really important to absolutely to know um, for sure. And then I think also just part you know like just the just the success that we've had has been so validating. Um, it's not perfect. It's not you know it's not without more than enough, which I'm sure we'll get into, uh, struggles, but you know, it's, it's been really cool to just like personally and professionally be like, man, I've done this and so, have, uh, and have such great success. So if you said to me, Jeff, you know, the business has been great and everything's perfect. We've never made a mistake. <laughs> I'd be I lying. Call, I would call PS <laughs> on you yeah, right away. I'd be lying. Yeah. There's no way. No and way. We learn from some of those challenges. Yeah. And that's how we get better. And that's how we, we become better business owners, better leaders, better citizens in our community. So tell us a little bit about some of those challenges. Well, I can tell you too. 
So, and one kind of leans into the other. I mean, I don't talk about this super often, but in the sake of, in the name of vulnerability, right? Um, a couple years in, we got referred to a family who was facing foreclosure. Mm-hmm. And so we reached out to them, see how we could help them. And this was the first time I had ever worked on a foreclosure deal that was so quick. Like the foreclosure was like the next week. And so um, I had somebody that I'm friends with that has done a ton of that kind of stuff helping me. And we were going to work together on it because I had no idea what I was doing, but I wanted to jump in. I wanted to get my feet wet and learn how to help these people that are facing, facing foreclosure. And um, anyways, long story short, <laughs> the day of the foreclosure sale, um, we, we, they 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 basically waited till till the night before to say okay fine let's do this with you, and I was like literally I mean at this point like I can't even like try and close this by the time you know your your foreclosure still happens so the only option is to pay your mortgage company what is owed in arrears and then you know and obviously we'll sign a contract and then we can close in a couple of weeks, and so we did just that and it was it was a lot I mean but we I, you know I. I knew what I was doing. I had talked to my attorney. This guy was helping me. We're, you know, signing this contract. It's all fine. We go to the bank. We literally met at the bank to wire this money directly to, because we had to get to the right department, um, to stop their house from being sold, like literally at 10 o'clock that morning, um, so that we could then, like, first of all, save them from a foreclosure, but then let them have an opportunity to move out. That was the whole goal. Um few days before closing, a couple weeks later. So we did that successfully. A few days before closing, a couple weeks later, um, they decided that they were not going to sell the house to us. Okay. Um, They wanted to stay and do a lease back, which we had originally offered to them. But then by that time, we had already moved forward with this other plan. And I said, I'm sorry. Like, I'm so sorry, but we... We can't like yeah. that was that was one of the yeah. early options. Too, too We're late. a couple <laughs> days out. Like I can't do that anymore. Right. And uh, I think I, I, that's the only thing I can imagine that sparked them saying, "Well, then no, we're not doing this." And um, it was an awful experience. Um, it was an awful experience, and I. Um, I just couldn't, I couldn't even wrap my head around how it turned around the way that it did. You know, when you build rapport with somebody and you're in this and you're like, everybody's, you know, very open about all of these things. And like, how, how did that just happen? Because Um, you're, you're, it's to you again, it's more than a real estate transaction, right? It is. You've built that relationship and then all of a sudden it's like, what? What just happened? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Anyways, so uh, long story short, we never bought the house. Um, There's probably a blessing though. And 100%. I totally believe that we buy the houses that we're supposed to get and that we are absolutely protected from the ones that we don't. Mm -hmm. And I probably will never know what the protection was from. But I doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I completely and totally believe that. And I know that it was true here. But wow, that was an expensive protection. <laughs> um, well, but learned, it was right? a lesson learned. And um, I remember after that, so this kind of goes into the second thing, like just being really panicked about 
financials. And going back to the community thing, I was talking to another business owner in this community, uh, just telling him, like, this is what's going on and blah, blah, blah. And he said to me, Elizabeth, there's something you should know. The million-dollar companies and the billion-dollar companies have the same problems you do. They just have more zeros at the end of their problems. And I have never forgotten that. And there's probably a little bit more bureaucracy just because there's more people. Right. But, yeah, same problems, same issues. Same, exactly. And I was like, okay. And, you know, that's kind of like the whole inspired leaders thing, right? Like, oh, you have the same problems I do. Oh, oh, okay. Oh. And it, it doesn't make the problem any less, like, stressful necessarily but like you just kind of know like oh this isn't about me this is this is not personal yeah so i can get through this because i'm not the only one with this problem that's exactly right um and you know looking back on all of that i'm grateful i'm grateful for the lesson um i'm grateful for my growth during that time i'm grateful for the people around me that supported me during that time Mm -hmm. um and, and here I am, you know, like it's not even, it's a blip on the radar now, yeah. which is so crazy because at the time I was like, what? Everything. I felt like the world was crashing around yeah. me. And, um, you know, now it's like, okay, well that happened and I'm going to learn and be better and do better. And So the next time something major like that happens, hopefully nothing. Yeah, let's not. Yeah. <laughs> if something does happen though, you'll be able to deal with it. Right. A little bit better. Hopefully won't be quite as uh, a dramatic experience. Right. Absolutely. So, so what what advice or suggestions would you give uh, somebody that's looking to go into their business, go into business for themselves? They're sort of like, eh, I don't know if I should take the plunge. Mm-hmm. Everything's safe right now. Mm-hmm. What would you tell them? I guess a few things. One, um, it's totally worth it. If you can figure out and get clear on what you want to do and what you're going to go into business for, um, you know, go into business for one thing. Don't try and do 75 things because you, you know, whatever, like go do one thing. Um, but that is a and, good point, though, because when you go into business for yourself and you're really just working so hard for that first dollar, you're going to like do almost whatever it takes. Right? right. Right. And if you stay focused and do that one thing, you you will be successful. It actually happen it, easy, easier in the long run. That's exactly right. Um, and people know what to come to you for as well. Um, and that makes a huge difference yeah. too. So, you know, I, I would say choose one thing and figure out, you know, that that's what you're going to do and what that what that's going to look like, how you're going to navigate all of that. Um, and then two, uh, get out and network. Like figure out who who are good referral you know, partners for you. I mean, you know, talk to anybody and everybody. That was kind of my philosophy when I first started. I want to talk to anybody that will sit down and have coffee with me. Right. And um, so do that. Get to know what's out there. Get to know who's out there. And when you're at those meetings and when you're meeting with those people, ask them how you can help them. Because, yes, of course, you're out there trying to build your business and you're trying to, you know, meet them and all the things. But first of all, you're not going to make a sale going to a networking group. That's not what it's for. So don't treat it like that. Um, and second that would of all, be a quick way to disaster. Uh, yes. Uh, and second of all, you know, when you find out how you can help somebody else, like I'm a big believer in energy and all the things in regards to that. And I, you know, when you're doing that, when you're asking somebody else how you can help them, and you, and then if you can, like if they give you an answer and that's something that you can do for them or introduce them to or whatever, yeah. um, it all comes back. Yeah. So well, well, and do it. 
Well, yeah, of course, do it. Yes. Um, but, but how many times have you have you seen people will say, you know, oh, I can help you out, and, and they, nothing. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. It's hard. So I, I do absolutely agree with you that in every networking meeting, you should ask, you know, how can I help you? Mm-hmm. And when I've asked that question many times, it, the response has been, oh wow, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't, I wasn't expecting you to ask me that question. Yep. But then it it has to be, and people can tell. If you're being sincere. Right. You know, so you got to follow, follow up on it. Yep. For sure. So, good, good advice. So it's hard to believe, but we've been talking for over 45 minutes. No, we have not. Yeah. It's because of my Andy story. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great story. Thank it's you. This is a wonderful story. So at the end of the day, you've had a very successful business. You've started inspired leaders, very successful. You're very involved in the community. What does the next three to five years look like? Man. As you shake your head. I know. I. It's such a hard question. Um, because it's hard to top what you've been through. Well, I appreciate that. I, you know, okay, so I guess let me segment things. So for Inspired Leaders, I just want to keep growing. Like we, I don't, we probably had close to 60 people there today. Like, let's keep that going. Like, let's, like, let's keep growing. Um, You're going to have to change it to the pavilion pretty soon. Oh, my God. It's going to be crazy. <laughs> um, we're going to have to do something. But, I, you know, it's a good problem to have, and I would love to just keep growing that. I'd love to, you know, drive people to the resources that we have for, you know, go watch the past speakers on the website. Like, go do all that, you know, and just get, just get that really growing. Um, you know, <laughs> business-wise, I want to keep flipping houses. I want to keep growing our rental portfolio. I want to buy a multifamily, like a small, you know, 8, 16, whatever, multifamily. Um, so I'm really after that. Um, and I just... Have you started looking? Uh, we are. Um, and so I, you know, I just want to keep growing that. Excuse me. <coughs> well, you've grown a lot. And I, I'm sure that the next three to five years will be the same. And uh, I think you're going to be very, very successful. Thank you. Even even more than you are now. All the successes got you all choked up. That's right. Sure did. <laughs> so any, any uh, nuggets that you want people to walk away with from our conversation today? Because that's, that's the one thing that I really am so emphatic about with my <laughs> podcast episodes is that I want people to get at least one or two nuggets from each episode. Now you've provided a lot. <coughs> so sorry. It's okay. Oh, it's like caught in my throat. Um, I would say one, you are totally worthy. <clears throat> Can't even talk now. Totally worthy um, to quit that job that you don't love yeah. and do something that you do. So be strong. Um, yeah. I- I'm going to help you out. Here. Thank you. Thank you. I'm like crashing For- over here, right here at the end. <laughs> perseverance um for sure be strong put the fear aside put the fear aside and practice like we were talking about earlier <clears throat> figure out how you can practice putting that fear aside because it's not just oh put it aside okay great like yeah. you have to actually like do the mental brain work to put that stuff aside it's not and it's taken me a really long time to learn that like i've only just recently learned that like we were talking earlier, it's just like working out, right? Like I'm not going to get like really nice arms or leg muscles or whatever if I just sit and do nothing. I have to lift weights, yeah. you know, and it's the same thing with learning how to put fear aside or learning how to change your mindset or 
whatever, like you have to actually practice that stuff in your brain and tell your brain, like you have control over your brain. Your thoughts are not really of you. So you have to practice all of that to really put, to actually put the fear aside. And and I would say through that practice, you gain confidence. A hundred percent. Because when you don't have confidence, anything can happen. A hundred percent. Fear goes, fear just takes over. Your insecurities just, you know, grow for no reason. Right. For no reason. You created that. Nobody else did that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and I say that for myself too. A hundred percent. You know, I'm like the worst at it. But Elizabeth, this has been so fantastic. Thank you. I really appreciate you coming on. I appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. How can people learn more about Everson Cooper and and get in contact with you? Well, uh, you can find us all over social media. So on on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, apparently TikTok. I mean, all the things you can find Everson You're Cooper. On TikTok? Yeah, kind of. Oh. I mean, I'm just supposed to. Apparently, I'm like trying to just right now. I'm trying to create the habit. I'm just posting something. Okay. So Everson Cooper. Everson Cooper, and just uh, real <laughs> quick, if you don't mind. Sorry. That's okay. Let's spell it out so people will remember. Uh, E-V is in Victor, E-R-S-A-N is in Nancy Cooper, like Cooper Tires. Awesome. Everson Cooper. Elizabeth, thank you so much. Thank you. And to everybody out there, I'm glad that you tuned us in. I think today was an awesome office, awesome episode with Elizabeth Griever. And I hope today was a great day for you. And I hope tomorrow is even better. And at night, when you're going to bed, before you go to sleep, do me a favor. Do us all a favor. Pray for some of those people in our world that are really suffering because there are a lot of them right now. Thanks so much, everybody. Peace. Thanks for tuning in to Understandable Solutions. We hope we met our goal. And remember, that was for you to walk away with at least one nugget of useful and thought-provoking information to make your day. And tell us what that is. We want to know. Be sure to review us favorably on your favorite podcast platform. 